That's women in agriculture who are amazing. We really are. And women in business, it's a huge growing, I wouldn't say trend, it's definitely a movement. Hello and welcome to the Rural Roots Canada podcast. I'm Tim Perry. In this episode, we discuss the ever-changing role of women in agriculture and the leading roles women take in business and agriculture. Recorded in May at the Alltech One Conference in Lexington, Kentucky, host Craig Lester speaks with Adrian Ivey, blogger and owner of the Evergreen Cattle Company in Ituna, Saskatchewan, Andrea Strovisawa, owner of Shipwheel Cattle Feeders in Tabor, Alberta, and Jillian Byers, co-owner of Blue Ridge Farms in Blue Ridge, Alberta. The three also talk passionately about the sustainable environmental practices they carry out daily on their farms. To listen to more great podcasts from Rural Roots Canada, you can visit the podcast farm section of our website at ruralrootscanada.com. I am Adrian Ivey. I farm and ranch at Ituna, Saskatchewan, and our farm name is Evergreen Cattle Company, and my blog and social media handle is View from the Ranch Porch. I'm Andrea Strowisawa, and I own Shipwheel Cattle Feeders, located in Tabor, Alberta. And oh, and and we're uh, we own a 5,500 head feedlot. We produce compost, bees, honey, chickens, uh, market garden, orchard, small little farm store that we just opened last week. Yeah. My name is Jillian Byers. My husband Brett and I, we are the co-owners of Blue Ridge Farms. We are about an hour and a half northwest of Edmonton in a little town called Blue Ridge. We have about a 430 head cow-calf operation and we raise pastured poultry, about 1,100 birds, uh, about 250 turkeys and some pastured pigs as well, all in grass. Uh, We opened our little farm store in the summer of 2020. Alberta Open Farm Days and we had a whopping 400 people come through for our grand opening. It was a fantastic day. Uh, Through our farm store we market our own beef, pork, chicken, turkey and farm fresh eggs and we support many other women-owned businesses. uh, Things like raw honey, coffee, preserves, pickles, uh, sourdough bread, granola, you name it, it's in there. So I guess what we'll start off with is maybe what's the biggest changes that you've seen in your operation and in agriculture in the last five to ten years? Basically, for us, we've really added a lot more organic matter. So we bale graze on our fields every winter, and that adds... um, Basically, bale grazing is setting the bales out and then setting up an electric fence. And we set maybe 200 bales out at a time and we'll feed maybe 50 every few days and we'll move that electric fence and the cattle work through the bales. And they eat that down, they leave their manure, their urine, and um, the leftover hay on the ground. And we've transformed fields that have had zero topsoil to easily half a foot, six inches deep of beautiful organic matter. And that is... um, basically trapping water, it's holding water, it's adding different plant species uh, through the different seeds that are in the hay bales, Uh, so that's really fun. And then from that we get more roots and more carbon sequestration. I'm sitting here rocking my brain trying to think of, well, was that five to ten years? Yeah, I know. Um, I think uh, for me, like the biggest improvement happened prior to my taking over management. So um, when my dad started grazing, um, using adoptive multi-paddock grazing in the 80s, he switched from being purely conventional and solely, uh, what do they call it? Continuous grazing. Continuous grazing, thank you. (laughs) Um, Solely continuous grazing to an adoptive multi-paddock 
um, kind of rotational, although I don't enjoy that word, um, system. And through that process had increased our organic matter from less than half a percent to in some places over six. And we'd also increased our stock days from virtually nothing to, but we increased it by 3,862%. So my challenge now is how do I take that further and what do we do more? And believe it or not, 2020, March of 2020 and a global pandemic actually pushed me to change lots and to grow more and to do more. Um, and I think it was really kind of emphasizing getting very diverse. And so that year I sent out a brainstorming wheel to my staff and said, okay, what can we add to our place? And so that year of 2020, staring down the barrel of a global pandemic, we added um, the chickens for selling eggs only. Um, we added bees, we added a garden, we added a fruit orchard in the middle of the prairies on 91% sand. <laughs> um, we add, and then we started making worm casting compost. And believe it or not, that was all staff ideas that we just kind of lifted up and made it all happen. And then this year we added a little farm store on our store or on our land and uh, right on our farmyard. And it's like, come to the feedlot and come to our farm store. Uh, but what we're focusing on is selling our own eggs and meat and, um, compost various types of compost but then also we invited um, local artisans that were within 200 kilometers or less of our place if you made earrings or if you make clay pottery or you make cheese we will sell it in our store for you so kind of the concept of thinking globally but acting locally yeah, so that's been a new adventure, um, but we just opened last week, so it's very new. That's very, very new. So, yeah. What a concept. <laughs> um, I think for me, a big part of our change in the past five years has has not so much been on the mechanics of our farm, like the the system or, or how we go about farming, um, trying to make constant improvements. I think that that was a real focus of ours for the first 15 years of our farming journey. And we definitely saw, you know, our farm come a really, really long ways. But in the past five years, we made a conscious effort to slow our progression and um, find a little bit more of work-life balance. And that has been far more difficult than I could ever have imagined, but also so rewarding. Um, we've got a couple of teenage kids at home, which are fantastic helpers on the farm, and they are full-on farmers in their own rights. But sometimes it takes teenagers facing down you know that next step of, of moving away from home to realize how little time you actually have with them so it's been a, a big focus of mine and my husband's but but especially mine to really focus on family and how we can integrate that within the farm um, and in the end what it meant was slowing down the exponential growth in the size of our farm trying to streamline what we're doing and how labor intensive it is and uh and just the brain space that it takes up within all of us so it's it's unconventional i think to have 
put such a focus on that in our lives, but uh, a few years into it now, I'm very, very happy that, that that's the path that we're currently on. When you're sharing these stories with everyone and talking about the ways you've improved practices, how often do you hear someone say, well, I could never do that on my farm or I could never bring in a better practice because, you know, they're kind of, I guess, maybe stuck in their ways or what do, I guess, what advice do you have to them sort of thing in regards to the ways that they improve their practices on their farm? I think as an industry, we, we need to all strive to go further together. And just because what works for me on my place probably isn't going to work on Jillian's place or on Adrian's place, we're all so different and vary so differently in our practices. So just because what works for me is not going to work for Adrian. However, I think as long as we are all measuring and progressing in some way that works for us, and that might mean stepping back because we're thinking of the farming as a system, right? And the quality of life piece is a huge piece. We have to not just think environment, not just think profit, but we also have to think of quality of life. And that's a huge thing. I tell people all the time, how do you balance, you know, your your home life and your farm life? And I tell people all the time, well, it's like a grazing plan. I go in with, and I sometimes we go in to the right place for the right time for the right reasons and so sometimes that means that I'm not at the farm and I'm being a mom and sometimes it means that I'm at the farm way more than I'm at home with my kids Mm -hmm. but as long as I'm there for the right at the right place for the right reasons at the right time then you just have to kind of let the rest of it go yeah I, I think that the biggest thing is as farmers and producers is to keep having these conversations, to listen to what the farmers around us and within our sphere are doing. And, and, and you're exactly right, Andrea, that what, what you're doing in your farm might not exactly fit what I want to be doing or should be doing on my farm. For example, I am never going to have bees, (laughs) But, (laughs) but I think it's so cool that you do and it inspires me to look around at our farm and be like well what can we add and what would work for us and and just to take that moment to be inspired by what other farmers are doing yeah you hit the nail on the head for sure I I think you know life is really about choices there's always a choice even when it seems impossible Um, and for us like building the farm store business and our meat business you know, making those hard choices and it came down to kind of teaching our customers to work for us in a way. So we went from putting out products at farmers markets, which was extremely labor intensive and it was, it was consuming. We have four little kids now. I can't do farmers markets. So we open the farm store, people come to us and we might not necessarily make as many sales, but people are coming to us and they're loyal customers now and they're dedicated customers. And that's the customer I want. I don't want every customer. I want good, loyal, happy customers. So it was a mind shift. I wanted every customer at the beginning, but um, no, you gotta do what works for you and you gotta make time for the kids for sure. How much shift has there been for women's role in agriculture? You're talking about the family balance sort of thing, and there was the stereotypical that the men went out and worked on the farm and the women probably stayed home and, and took care of the kids. I guess, how much of a shift do we see in the last five years, and how much further do we have to go on in, in, that, in breaking that stereotype? Uh, I think the role of women in agriculture has been such a fascinating progression, and um, I myself am a 
third generation farmer. Um, and I, so when I look at the role that my grandmother had on, on their farm, and then my mother and myself, and now I have a 16 year old daughter as well. So, you know, my grandmother had very little control over her life um, and not in a negative way. It was just the times. And, uh, and then my mother had more control over her life, but had very little control over the farm. Uh, she was very much a supporting, uh, supporting role, even though she was active and um, helped on the farm. And I use quotation marks around helped be- because it was dad was the farmer and mom was the helper and then my role now has has progressed even further so my husband and I are both farmers Um, but when I think about my decision to start farming was very much revolved around my husband and we farmed beside his family farm it was never part of our conversation that we would go and farm with my family Um, it's just uh, was never a negative or a argument or anything like that. It's just what was expected and we kind of went along with it. And now that I have a 16 year old daughter, it is incredibly different. Um, I have a 16 year old daughter and a 14 year old son and I have no idea which or if both will come back to the farm um, when they are choosing their adult lives. But either or both would be completely welcome and it's an entirely different conversation um, now today than it was even 20 years ago for me so it's really really exciting and something that I love to see within agriculture Um, there's still a lot of work to be done a lot of um, moments that I'm sure all of us women have come across far too often uh, and even within myself, like there, there's a bias within myself that I need to challenge on a daily basis. But I'm excited that we are at a place in society where we can have a conversation about it and start challenging ourselves and each other. There's been so much more conversation now, and I think reducing the stigma of the sandwich maker, you know, that was always the woman's role. But behind it, I don't think it was just that ever, right? I talked to so many older women in, that were in agriculture and they were the moms and they, their husbands would often go away to work and they would go and take care of the cattle and they would be out there feeding and it's still like that today. Um, if more, I feel like there's almost more pressure um, than ever before. As a mother of four, a business owner, a farmer, make sandwiches (laughs) you know like all the roles are there and I think really learning how to deal with those pressures um, is a huge part of growing as a person you know it's that's women in agriculture we're amazing we really are and women in business it's a huge growing I wouldn't say trend it's definitely a movement it's a movement I have kind of a different story, actually. Great. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah, like I, I find your story, Adrian, so fascinating. But um, yeah, so um, my yeah, thinking back to the, I always go to the to the men in the in the ancestral tree, but the women, man, I had come from a bunch of strong women. Um, my mom actually was very involved in the farm. She. Uh, managed the cow herd up on a ranch that we had in Fort McLeod and so it was just known that mom was the one that was in charge of the cows and she checked pens and she did everything on the feedlot and so um, yeah I never like dad and mom were both 
together doing it and it was never like I mom definitely was not the one that was at home cleaning the house <laughs> there was many birthdays my birthdays in March and there were many many birthdays that she missed because she was out pulling cow pulling calves because we calved in March so everybody asks me why I don't have cow calf that's why because my mom always missed my birthdays when I was little <laughs> but I and I was always just like it was never a thing for me that I couldn't or shouldn't or there like there was always a spot for me and I it was never assumed because I was a girl it would be any different like there's the electric fencer go fix it there's the cattle go move them home like it was never ever a thing I never once thought that I couldn't do this as a profession ever in my life so when I came back and I started working back at our at my own family farm um, I had to restaff our whole entire place. Our place was leased out and I took it back. We had to restaff my whole entire place. And I said to Trevor, my husband, you're not working for me because this is going to be super awkward. <laughs> I can't be your boss at home and then at work too. That does not work. <laughs> but I kept trying to hire people and I just wanted them to have the work ethic that he had. And I wanted them to work like he did and show up like he did and so I got pretty desperate and I said okay let's just try this it's a trial basis we're just gonna like come on for the winter and let's just see how it goes and he came from a construction background like he didn't know anything about cattle but yeah what is it now five years six years later seven years five years later and he's still working for me I use quotation marks um but we're kind of in we're in a in a we flip it the other way but I never ever felt like I had that I didn't have a place on my family farm it actually became apparent to me when other people would come on to our place and say to me well where's the boss is he around that's when it became apparent to me that that actually wasn't normal but it never came from my family like my family always was no it doesn't it was never a thing so I think when I when I kind of started doing it and then people would come on and you know they'd be like where's your, where's your boss is he around and I'd look at them like I I I am the boss <laughs> this is me like you're talking to me. and so that's when it it really dawned on me that that wasn't a thing because I'd never had that and I'd never had that with anyone that I'd had to deal with in the industry either like all of my beef cattle feedlot colleagues never treated me any differently it was so I, I have a kind of just a different story it's different that. yeah I guess what well, we lost before I go into it, would, is there any messages that you would give to any of the aspiring women out there that are just getting into the industry uh, about My their... favorite slogan would always be Nike's slogan, just do it. <laughs> just do it. If you have a passion for it, you'll make it work. Well, if we're going to do slogans. <laughs> <laughs> I would say mine is be brave and be bold and do really big things and push hard and do things that you don't think that you can do because you'll surprise yourself. That'd be mine. 
I think that uh, the world in general, but specifically in agriculture, um, has come to this really amazing place of, uh, of welcoming mentorship. And I think that sitting here with you ladies is an excellent reminder to me that there is a wealth of knowledge and experience within female farmers that are, that are out there doing it already. So if there is a young woman who is wanting to enter farming, that don't be afraid to reach out. I think um, that is something that women are really excel at is helping each other and sharing their knowledge. Um, and that's something we all love to do. So definitely reach out for mentorship within the community. I think just playing off the mentorship thing, sometimes when you ask someone to mentor you, the mentoree actually learns more from the, I would learn more from having a mentor that wanted to mentor me. I would learn more from them than they probably would learn from me. And that's, that's so super. It's very, um, it's very, uh, pushes me to do more. That was Rural Roots Canada host Craig Lester speaking with Adrian Ivey, Andrea Strobisawa, and Jillian Byers about women in agriculture. For Rural Roots Canada, I'm Tim Parent, amplifying Canadian agriculture.